Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Well, he's a great fieldsman, Philip Tuffner. He often falls over and he's brought it into his batting as well. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Vaughan and Tuffers Cricket Club, the podcast brought to you by The Daily Telegraph, where we chat about all things cricket and cricket-related. My name is Ben Wright, and I'm joined, as usual, by Messrs Vaughan and Tufnell. And as usual, we will be discussing a test victory for Ben Stokes' side because, as usual, England casually chased down nearly 300 runs in the fourth innings at Headingley and made it look easy in the process. It is all very unusual and means that they have whitewashed the Black Caps to seal a memorable 3-0 win against the World Test champions. Elsewhere, it is the end of an era for England's one-day side as history-making captain Owen Morgan has announced he will be retiring from the sport. Morgan has struggled for both fitness and form in recent months, but he will undoubtedly go down as one of the greatest captains England has ever produced in any sport. He transformed his side into the most feared in the world and will be looking back on his time in charge, discussing who might replace him and asking what now for the one-day side. And a real treat this, we'll also be speaking to New Zealand bowler Trent Bolt. Mike and I caught up with one of the kings of swing, to discuss a wide range of topics, from the weirdness of seeing his former skipper, Brendan McCullum, dressed in England kit, to how he would bowl to his Rajasthan Royals teammate, Joss Butler. I know correlation doesn't necessarily equal causation, but since we launched this podcast, the England's men team have played three tests, three ODIs, and they've won the lot. Lots to unpack in that latest test and across the series, but two things I wanted to highlight... Uh, one is a stat and one's a feeling. First, the stat. New Zealand took 222.5 overs to score 657 in the match at Headingley. And n- England knocked off the required runs in just 121 overs. So that's nearly three and over, which is a very reasonable uh, run rate uh, for a test match. Plays 5.4. England play- scored 5.4 and over all the way through the test. And the fi- madness, uh, Ben. Can I just stop you? What did you say at the start in that intro? Correlate. What was it? Yeah, was I, I, it? I think what he was trying to say, Mike, is that our podcast has got something to do with England winning. <laughs> so, so I don't want to take all of the credit. I mean, the, the, the players have obviously done a bit as well. New management, yeah, right. new management. That's probably helped. 
But it, it is uncanny that since we've launched this podcast, <laughs> well, England are unbeaten. Well, let's take it. Let's take the. Let's take it. There's got to be something in it. <laughs> but the feeling, the feeling I wanted to talk about was that despite the fact England were chasing nearly 300 runs in the fourth innings again, that win felt predictable. It, it was sort of even a little anticlimactic. Um, it's a deeply weird sensation for an England, it, England it cricket supporter. It is indeed. I mean, these three test matches, they've all been fantastic. I mean, they've been knockout, edgy-your-seat stuff, seen so much good cricket being played. And, you know what, um, three test matches in which the side batting last chases down 300, Mike. I've, I've, I've never sort of heard of it before. It was another pleasure. It was a pleasure to be at Headingley yet again to watch this England side. They are on a roll. The, the, this test team in you know, three weeks has done something that I saw the, the one-day team do after the World Cup in 2015. It's very clear that a message has been sent that they're going to play test cricket completely different to what, to what I've ever seen. Yeah. And that goes back to great, great sides of the, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. It's risky. It's flamboyant. Um, it's brutal. Will it work every week? Will it work overseas? We'll have to wait and see. But I, I tell you what, they're going to have a go at playing this brand of cricket every week. Whether it's... Um, going to be silly at times and stupid I think it possibly will be and at times at Henley in the first innings it was like cricket that was far too risky you look at the way that Ben Stokes got out but his message is very clear and that's what I like about them that they're, they're sending a message and Ben sent a message in the press conference last night to all players in the county mm-hmm. game if you want to get in this England side You've got to you've got to arrive in your Ferrari. <laughs> you, if you if you if you arrive in a two seater or a, or a slow, you ain't playing. Simple as that. So two seater. Lo- what's that? Well, what's that a tandem? Well, it's one of those. What are those C fives? Remember back in the day that those electric things that first came out. Uh, you've got to you've got to be scoring fast, being aggressive, taking on the opposition, trying to impact the game to get into this England side. And let's wait and see whether it can work against you know teams that play a bit better, get their selection uh, better than New Zealand in conditions that aren't quite as true and flat like we've seen in the last two weeks. But I don't think they'll take a back foot. I, I don't think they'll stop trying to play this aggressive style of cricket. So we're in for a, a nice ride, I feel, Phil. Yeah, uh, the, the thing I've been impressed with, though, is, OK, the, the batting, you know, amazing. Wow, that can, you know, be derailed and we, we're going to have to sort of accept that and what have you. But what I've been impressed with is uh, Ben Stokes' captaincy uh, in mm. the field. I think his field settings, always looking to attack, always having slips, had a couple of men on the drive and things like that. And when they went short, they had about five men. So, you know, if you're going to go short and, and bowl leg side, at least have a load of fellas there to catch it. And I was really impressed with the way he handled Jack Leach. I'm, I'm sorry to go on about the spin bowlers, but um, I was very impressed with the way he handled him, um, how he made him feel that he was part of the attack. He was a sort of a relevant part of the attack and he was a wicket-taking option. Kept fields up when people hit them for sixes and was always just tinkering and um, and sort of talking to Jack Leach. I thought, it, I thought, he, I thought he captained the side beautifully in the yeah. field. I really I did. Mean- he, 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 Leach was man of the match. He was also, he was obviously, he was brought in very early in that first innings, got Pfeiffer in the first innings, and then in the second innings he opened, I think, didn't he, for a bit, because there was a, there was a short stint before lunch. So it's, it's a real um, a confidence booster, that, surely. Well, I, I think sometimes with your spinner, 
you have to, you know, you have to bowl them at times that, for one, the opposition don't expect, and for one, the team go, oh wait a minute, you're giving a, you know, left arm spinner a lot of trust. So giving him the the new ball in the second innings to me just sent the message: you're going to be our our linchpin in this second innings. And Jack Leach must have felt a million dollars from his first inning Pfeiffer getting that wicket with his first ball. Will Young just missed a straight one. Um, that's what captaincy is all about. You, yeah. You've got to make feel, people feel really good in the side. And I, I agree with Phil. I, I think Ben Stokes inside three games yeah. naturally has just looked an incredible leader, very clever cricket thinker, but not turns in, in terms of cleverness that we've seen before. I think it's cleverness in terms of thinking outside the box, yeah. you know, doing things that we're not seeing in this era, bringing mid on for the spinner. When the ball's spinning and the left hand is on strike, when it is spinning, it's very hard to hit straight because yeah, it grabs in the surface. It always goes square of the wicket. So he told Michael Brace, well, go and try and whack one more over mid-on. He had that fielder on the uh, square leg boundary in place, that Crawley. And obviously he went for the big shot and it went square of the wicket and they got the wicket. So tactically, um, he's been excellent. In actual fact, if you, if you look over the, the three games, uh, Lords, it did a bit more. There was a little bit more English tradition, a bit more seam and a, a bit of swing. Not as much swing, but certainly seam. So you'd expect England to get 20 wickets at Lords in those conditions. The next two weeks, it hasn't swung and seamed. And that's always been a question. So we'll you know, revel in the batting and how destructive it's been. But for the England side to get 20 wickets in the last two weeks on a flat one at Trent Bridge and a pretty flat one at Headingley, you know, I think that's almost, it's, it, it won't be talked about as much as the, the, the bare stows and the roots and, you know, the, the attacking nature of the batting. But for them to get 20 wickets on those two flat wickets is a tremendous effort. Yeah. Uh, and also, I've got to uh, stick my hand up for Matthew Potts as well. He Ooh. just looks bored. He looks Relentless, Relentless. Relentless. Yeah. He looks like and, one and that's going to be in the side for a while, doesn't he? A- absolutely, Scotty Boland from Australia, oh, really relentless. <laughs> but he, I think he also, you know, he could have had more wickets. I think he was a bit. I, yeah. I think he's been a bit unlucky in, in this Test series. He could have had another five or ten wickets. He's an athlete, Phil. He is an athlete, but but then also, see, the seamers are buying into that slightly fuller length as well. Yeah. Back in the old days, you know what I mean? You'd get clipped or driven three or four times, and it would be the slip out, extra cover, mid wicket, body body blah. But no, Ben Stokes is just going. No, we're going keep the two or three slips in you keep pitching up there was a wonderful example of it against Stuart Broad I can't remember who but he got clipped a couple of times and then whacked through extra cover the slips were there but then Stuart also then just kept going that full length looking for the drive looking for that little bit of movement to get the outside edge and it came yeah. and so it, it just looks like everyone is just like really buying into this, and that's field placing bat in all sorts. I, I look at England now, and if they commit to this style, yeah. realistically, they only need in the first innings to, to bat for 50, 60 overs, and they're going to get over 220, 240. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And that's if they, that's if they bat badly. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is this is what they're buying into. You know as an opposing team now when you play. So if I'm planning to play against England, I'm doing what England do to to to, England, to other teams, i.e. you set aggressive fields and you just go for wickets, try and yeah. bowl them out. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah. Don't even think about going on the defensive. Just try and bowl them out. Because if you allow them to, if you spread the field so that you're better balls, you look at Johnny Bairstow when he comes in within 15 yeah. balls, the field spread. So you bowl your best ball on off stump, plays a forward defence, cover points on the boundary, square legs on the boundary, gets an inside edge, he gets one, plays it late, goes square the wicket on the offside, he gets one. So you actually can't oh, yeah. can't keep him on strike. So your best balls are scoring. So I, if I'm playing against England, if, if India 
um, go go for any kind of tactic at Edgebaston starting on Friday, I'd keep the field up and I'd say to him, all right, you're going you're gonna to hit the boundaries anyway, but we're going to keep fielders in catching positions and we're going to try and bowl yeah. you out. You have to fight fire with fire, I guess. Away from the test side, there's obviously more big news today in English cricket, and that's that Owen Morgan uh, is retiring from international cricket. And we spoke about his form last week um, and whether he would make it to the T20 World Cup. Looks like he's not going to. Were you surprised about that decision? It's obviously not that long to go until the till the World Cup. I think he's got it um, absolutely spot on, and I always knew that he would. I, I have a huge amount of respect for Owen Morgan and. I think if you look at English cricket and the history of it, there's been uh, lots of Test match captains that still get you know, mentioned for what they did in their time as um, as a Test captain. Um, Owen Morgan's really the only white ball captain that's really moved our game into a different kind of space. You know what he's done with the, the white ball team, the mentality. And Ben Stokes mentioned yesterday that you know the, the captain that he's trying to emulate is Owen Morgan in Test cricket. He, he wants to be that that captain in Test cricket that people go, oh, do you remember what Ben Stokes did to the Test match team? Owen Morgan has been an incredible leader, uh, a brilliant batter at times. Uh, he struggled of late, um, and I think he's got his decision, Phil, absolutely yeah. spot on. He must have been looking himself in the mirror in the last few weeks thinking, wait a minute, there's, there's X, Y, Z that aren't in this side, and I'm still in it, and I'm not playing quite as well. And his captaincy will always make a 10% sway because he's that good, but... You know, Joss Butler will be equally as clever out in the Middle East. Yeah. Such a good, probably the best white ball player in the world. So, Owen Morgan has taken England's white ball team from pretty much in the gutter to being at the top of the world. And now, the, not only that, I think in leadership, it's about what happens yeah. once you leave. You know, if the team suddenly dip and the team do not win for the next 10 or 15 years, you've actually not left the team in a great state. I think he's left the England white ball team with a captain like Josh Butler in an incredible position. So he's made the right call at the right yeah. time. Yeah, he's well. Not many, not not many get the opportunity to leave a legacy, yes. do they? So to speak, and he's left a legacy really for this England white ball setup and team. And now he leaves, and he's leaving it in safe hands. I think with Josh Butler as well. Well done, Morgs. Well done, Morgs. As you say, he can look back at his time as England captain and. Uh, you know, be 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 hugely proud, and as you say, have left something behind. He, he, he's been wonderful for the game. The, the only thing about Josh Butler is um, obviously he takes on the captaincy. Um, bit of chat about him possibly returning to the Test side, maybe opening. If he's captain of the One Day side as well, is that too much of a workload? Well, get him going at the top of the order. <laughs> Why not? They'll be, they'll be, bold, they'll be bold as petrified. <laughs> you mentioned two and a half batters after just get in. Well, we'll start at the top. I, I, I heard Kumar Sangakkara, and, and yeah. he deserves the credit for mentioning it. Uh, and for 10 minutes, I thought, oh, that's stupid. How can that be possible? And after 10 minutes, I thought, why not? Why not? I mean, Zach Crawley and... Um, Baz McCullum spoke yesterday. He wants to stay. He's loyal, yeah. Baz McCullum, and he will give players a lot longer in the side. He's not going to swap and change. So I think that Zach Crawley will get another few gains. But if these balls are going to continue to not do as much, and you really want to set your stall out to be ultra aggressive, and you want to change the way <laughs> Test cricket is played, and you want people to go, do you remember that England Test team from 2022? They ripped Test cricket apart. Why not just rev them up with everyone that can launch? Yeah. Livy, get Livy to do it. 
Well, why not? You know, Livingston, why not? And, and you kind of think, if there's a week where you think it's not going to spin a great deal and you just need a part-time spin who can just bowl a little bit of this, a bit of that, well, Livingston's your perfect well, player Yeah, and also, kind of if role. Butler's uh, opening and keeping, you've got room for Livingston lower down the order. Well, I don't think you can. He certainly can't open and keep in Test Match Cricket. But the, the, the problem will be, and, and I'm sure they will ask a question of Joss, but I think it, it's, it's a tall order to captain your country in white ball yeah. cricket to be a prominent player in the IPL. And, and let's not look away from the IPL. It's, it's a massive um, earner for him and he, and, he, and he deserves that and he should be playing the full IPL. Um, if you play test cricket on the back of uh, you know international white ball, being the captain, IPL, maybe another franchise league around the world and test cricket, he might as well sell his house because he's never ever going to be in it. <laughs> uh, and I know, it, yeah. well, it's yeah. true. And, and I, I, I think he, he's, a, you know, he's a family man. He's got a couple of, Lovely young children. Um, I, 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 I get the feeling that it might be just a little yeah. bit too much. But if he, if he wants to do it, and Zach Crawley, and I hope he can get his form and I hope he can get a few runs because I like the way that he plays. But if that opportunity and that place becomes available, um, I don't think... I mean, Ben Stokes said, can't, the county players now know that they, they want to play aggressive. So those that play at the top of the order and play, like I guess, like Jeffrey Boyka, Alice Cook, myself, I don't think they've got a chance. Yeah. You know, I think the message has been sent yeah. loud and clear that they want Ferraris at the top of the order. They don't want any. Uh, they don't want plodders. Yeah, uh, Mike, um, I don't. I don't play in the IPL, and I'm not captain of England, and I'm never in the house either. <laughs> <laughs> but that's for other reasons. You're in your house now, Phil. I can see your lovely. Well, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you reckon, Phil? Would you would you go ultra aggressive? Well, see, I'm, I'm thinking for... that we might need just one fella there, just to sort of try <laughs> and set a bit of a base. I'm not sure, but I mean, you 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 you're talking me round here, Mike. You're talking me round. But... I just I'm just excited about what's possible. I, 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 I mean, talking of Ferraris, one guy one guy should get a mention of Hampshire's James Vince. He smashed 129. I don't know if you there saw you this. 129 off. Off sixty-two balls to beat Somerset in the Vitality Blast on Thursday. Do you think he's yeah. he's going to get a call up? Well, he's he's got a chance. He's got a chance. But I just think the, you know, it's all those very, are Ferrari I figures. Don't know. Aren't they? Well, they are mm. Ferrari figures, but um, you just sometimes need you know when the ball's swinging and everything, you've got to get past that yeah. initial stage. Otherwise, you are going to have those. Um, 55 for 6 is a few too many times Phil um, honestly I've, I've listened closer to Ben Stokes' messaging, yeah. messaging the more the ball swings the harder they're going to go well that's what Baz well they're just going to smack the lacquer off it they're going to honestly they're buying into this and that's why Jason Roy James Vince these players that have been in the test game before and got out playing a huge amount of shots and we criticise them for it yeah. I don't think this management will care no, Baz, they'll be saying yeah. Play even more shots. Yeah, well, that's when, when I did that, um, which is a fantastic show on Netflix. This could go anywhere <laughs> uh, with me, uh, with me and Baz going round. Do, do you promote that every podcast? <laughs> <laughs> um, but he said to me, "Do you know that? Do you know his last game when he got the quickest hundred? They yeah. they were they were in a very similar position. I think they'd lost two or three quick wickets against Australia on a green top. And he said, "Well, listen, I, I, I don't know whether I've got the technique to hang around here, you know. So, you know, there's one going to have my name on it. So he just said, "Well, I'm going to run towards danger and absolutely tee off." And he got the quickest. Done. So that is definitely his philosophy. I think, you know, he, without no, any question. Yeah. 
they're 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 gonna definitely so you know someone like Dominic Sibley, Sam Robson, uh, Rory Burns, who are just traditional star players that like to bat for time. I'd be amazed if they get picked yeah. in, in, in this group. Honestly, I'd be absolutely amazed because it's going against everything that Ben Stokes has uh, spoken yeah. about. He will be looking. He, he, Zach Crawley, they'll be hoping, gets runs because he's a very popular player in the group and we've seen that he's got, got, got a game on him if he can get that right. But if, if he keeps getting low scores, you can't just keep him in the side because you like him. You know, he's got to get runs. Uh, if that position does become available, I, I'm pretty sure they will go for a style of player that can be dynamic. Yeah. So we're delighted uh, to be joined by the New Zealand fast bowler and more importantly, the highest scoring number 11 in uh, in test history, Trent Bolt. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> what do you take more pride in, your wickets or your runs? Uh, I take more pride if you call me an all-rounder, but yeah, I'll work towards that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Trent, um, just on your batting, uh, you can see there's, there's just me and Ben, Phil's... Uh, uh, away filming tipping point, but he, he he was more intrigued about your batting than your bowling, Phil. He says you, you're in his a lot. I think you're better than him, by the way. I think you scored far too uh, more runs than he did. He, he's intrigued about your technical side. He wants to get into your mind of the technical side of Trent Bolt's batting. Just give us an insight. Yeah, there's been a couple of theories over the years, but um, yeah, I wouldn't say I have a consistent prelim, a preliminary movement. Um, yeah, I've always worked off the philosophy that a moving target is uh, harder to hit than a stationary one. But, uh, <laughs> Your stumps aren't moving. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I do love my betting, but um, yeah, just something takes over me when I get out there and I, I make a lot of noise, I'm aware of it. Some say I'm putting it on, some say I'm being myself, but um, yeah, I just like having a bit of, bit of fun and uh, yeah, giving us bowlers something to bowl at, really. Just uh, so you say uh, you, you make a bit of noise. You, you, what you do, talk, you, you shouting, what you're doing out in the middle? Generally, I try to find someone just to talk to on the opposition. And yeah, generally, there's uh, two helmets right next to me uh, underneath my nose. Uh, so I'll, I'll look to have a conversation <laughs> with them. Um, otherwise, it's the keeper in, in first lip. But uh, yeah, no, you've got to make sure the calling's uh, nice and clear so there's no run outs. Um, and then, yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, let the let the uh, the blade fly. Uh, and what 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 kind of what kind of conversations are you having? Yeah, just anything to settle me. Um, I love to know if there's a bit of turn. First of all, um, I'm going to get bounced. That's uh, yeah, pretty obvious when there's a leg slip and about three men out on the leg side. But uh, yeah, everyone always puts back a third man to me as well, which is a is a hot hot zone for me. So uh, might have to learn a few shots. <laughs> <laughs> so let, 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 let's just break it down. Uh, we will get on to uh, your, your bowling, obviously, but you're facing quick bowling. What's your mindset? Um, yeah, stay nice and still. Uh, don't premeditate and, and look for the ball to cut. Really. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then I'll look at the big screen and see that I'm not being still and I'm premeditating a lot and I'm looking for anything, really. So, um, yeah, it depends who you're with. Um, obviously, if you're with a, a set batsman, I'm obviously going to make sure he farms all the strike. But if it's Saudi or um, some sort of other lower order um, batter, it's, it's generally a competition who can hit the style of shot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and what about spin? I believe, if it, is, it, is it true that you think you're the best player of spin in the team? Is that right? Oh, I don't think that. That's what they think. Um, yeah. yeah, you don't. You don't know me well enough. But I don't like talking myself up. Um, yeah, uh, I love right arm off spin. I think it's just uh, such an attractive um, 
yeah delivery to delivery to target and um yeah obviously uh it's not going to hurt too much if you get one spun into your leg as opposed to one at 145k so yeah I should be saying I hate spin, actually. I should be saying, yes, yeah, it's really struggle with spin. <laughs> you, you, you've opened yourself up now. You're never going to face a spinner again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How, how did tailenders practice in the net? So you, do you have to practice for getting a lot of short stuff? No, horrible. Like, I, yeah, I, I hate the nets. If I'm going to get hit, I might as well get hit in the game rather than a couple of days before the game in the nets. But, um, okay. yeah, so there's a, a net bowler or two that, Tickles my fancy. I'd like to face him, but um, otherwise, it's uh, just a light bowl, a little massage, and a bit of a kick around with the soccer ball, and then I'm I pretty much ticked all my boxes. Yeah. So, so, so now, now, not not serious stuff, but you as a bowler, um, you know, I, I, I don't really want to go through too many of uh, your exploits at Trent Bridge, but that that last session, bowling to someone like Johnny Bairstow, you know, just just take us through a bowler's mind. What you're thinking? Um. Yeah, it doesn't happen like that too often, but it was a phenomenal kind of session. Uh, the numbers that came out of it, obviously, were, were incredible, but yeah, test cricket is, is one of those things. It's a, it's a huge challenge uh, to, I suppose, battle the, the conditions, uh, the, the day in, day out, having to turn up as a bowler and, and be on the money with, with accuracy and um, pace, etc. And uh, yeah, to, to go down on, onto the last couple of hours on day five, when you really need to kick and, and show what you got and a guy's playing like that, it's a it's a huge challenge. But yeah, Johnny's capable of doing that. He's done it many times in, in all formats and um, you know, him and, and Ben really uh took the game to us there and um phenomenal game to be a part of. But uh yeah, it was a it was a tricky one, but uh yeah, good fun to be a part of. Can you so so we heard last week from Marcus Truscothic who who Told, told us about Baz McCullum in the dressing room at tea time, basically said to the England guys, look, it's either a win or a loss. We're going all the way. What was said in the New Zealand dressing room at tea time on that last day? Oh, we spoke about um, how we're going to get them out. We knew they were going to come hard. Uh, the guys know Brendan well enough to know the, the style of cricket that he'll be pushing in that changing room. And um, Yeah, we, we had a few chats. Um, we spoke about the bouncer plan, how we can try, you know, force a wicket that way. And Yeah, I, I thought... Obviously, they played it very well. Johnny had no fear, took it, um, gave it to us pretty hard. And, yeah, I, I thought we made the adjustment to, to get out of that plan and, and go to something else quickly. But, yeah, I've had a few comments in the media and a few questions asked with, whether we should have tried that. But uh, I think you got to. You'd be more frustrated if you came off the field and just thought if we just banged it around the stumps and just waited for something to happen. I thought we tried to yeah, try to make a play and it didn't work. But, um doesn't doesn't always work. I, I think it doesn't always come off from a batting point of view that they chase it down like that. But yeah, a, a heck of a game and, and bloody great for Test cricket. Really, it, it got a lot of people watching, got a lot of people talking, which yeah. is is more important as well. Totally. I mean, you, you talk about the, uh, bowling the short ball, and a lot lots been made of that. Did did you just think that that was your best chance of getting a wicket? Was it the the data telling you that, or was it the conditions? Um, I suppose we look at history and how we've bowled as a side um, I think it's a hard one for, for Waggy to be sitting on the sideline for a guy that's been doing it uh, for us so well um, mm. yeah I, I think you've got limited options when you've got quite a soft ball um, a very very good yeah. wicket and a, and a very racy outfield um, and not a frontline spinner plane no offence braces if you're listening um, but yeah you, you've only got so many options but yeah it was a, it was a beautiful wicket I thought the ball didn't really swing around much, didn't really see much as well, but um, yeah, it was a, a very good test of, of your skills and, and how good you are. And, and Trent, you, you mentioned the ball. I mean, it, it's it's kind of 
feeling like uh, in the series against uh, England, it was every three or four overs, you know, the fielding side would be up to the umpires with that stupid device. Oh, it's out of shape. What's happening with these balls? I haven't bowled enough with the Duke to um, probably make a fair comment on it, but um, as a probably a, a collection of cricket around the world, I think there's been a lot of chat about balls. Um, you know, one day cricket, I'd love for one ball to come back into one day cricket to, to see the things that inspired me to take up fast bowling and swing bowling, reverse swing. I think mm. reverse swing's dead. Um, you don't really see that these days, and I, I, I truly think that that swing bowling's dying as well. To to not be able to shine the ball and you know spit on the ball and, and gloss it up is is I suppose forcing people into um, trying other things, banging it in short for a couple of hours and putting seven catches back on the leg side. I think um, you know I fell in love with watching Ros Macram, Chaminda Vast, Dale Stain, watching these guys bend it around corners and. It's a it's a big thing for me. I want to motivate guys, especially kids back in New Zealand, to want to pick up a ball and swing it around and um, yeah, to to do the things that I, I fell in love with. But I'm not too sure where that sits. I think um, yeah, it hasn't really swung a white ball cricket either. Um, I think the only times it really swings is at about quarter past eleven at night in Mumbai, and that's, <laughs> that's for about uh, ten ten or so seconds. So you've you've got to be on the mark there as well. But yeah, it's a, it's a big challenge, I think. Well, that, that, that's a really good point. I mean, obviously, COVID uh, has put Peter, you guys being able to spit on the ball. Do you think we, we have to revisit that? Because I, I, I'm with you. I think one of there's, there's many great aspects of the game that I love. Uh, look, I love seeing Johnny Bairstow launch it out of the ground. I love seeing you know real quality spin, but they need a pitch to be able to give them a bit of uh, purchase. But the other aspects, I just love the ball when it's swinging. You know, I just think it's it's one of, as you say, it's one of the things that we were brought up watching. And, and you, you know, you've got to be skillful to play against it. But if you play it an innings and you get a score against a swing ball, you go, you know what? You go back to your room and go, I've done something very special today. Yeah. Surely we've got to revisit that to try and give you swing bowlers, not just swing pacey swing bowlers. You know that 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 ability to produce that skill. Yeah. Well, first of all, we're testing most of the days. Um, no one's got COVID. I, I, I think we're past that aspect of, of um, you know, worrying about infecting each other or something like that. Um, mm. I, I spoke to big Stewie Broad um, before that Nottingham game and asked him, when was the last time you remember someone really swinging it nicely? And he struggled to think. You guys probably watch more cricket than I have, but mm. even the first game at Lords, I thought that was more nip and wicket kind of bowling uh, as opposed to out-and-out swing bowling. And, yeah, 70 wickets on the first day. It was a, a heck of a game, but you know, also three big hundreds scored in that game, I suppose. And um, you know, some you know the batters had their chance to shine as well. So, yeah, hey, I, I don't have the answer for it, but as a left arm swing bowler, I would love to to see that thing swinging around a little bit more as well. What do, what do you have to be thinking about when you're bowling with the white ball? Have you got to be varying your pace angle? Does it allow? Does it mean that you have to sort of? go through the variations a lot yeah uh, and you've always also got to ask yourself that the big challenge as a bowler is that you're not going to rock up every day and it's going to be swinging nicely for you and you're just going to have your day in the sun every day I think the the definition or the marker of a, of a good bowler is his ability to, to find new ways to get wickets and when the balls are, are not doing what you want them to do and you know how good are how good are the skills in your toolbox in a way and um, yeah. you guys probably see the three-quarter balls and the change of paces and the bounces that you try to use. Um, yeah, all those skills that you've had to learn, I suppose, to, to try combat good wickets plus good batters um, is a forever learning skill. But I love that side of it. I love, you know, trying to test myself and, um, you know, see how good I really am kind of thing. But, um, 
yeah, it's a uh, it's a big challenge, definitely. Uh, how how how, um, how much practice do you have to give a delivery before you're confident of, of taking it out into the pressure zone? I think you've never nailed it. Yeah, yeah, always um, have better days than others. Um, but yeah, I, like I've tried to develop a knuckleball. Um, you know, I can bowl it ten out of ten times better than nets. And um, one flew out of my hand with about a liter of dew on my hand at um, one kitty a couple of weeks ago. So. Yeah, you never quite nailed it until you're out there in front of thirty thousand people and you know a couple of billion watching you. So yeah, there's a lot of lot of pressure on you. Just just um, you know, on bowling in itself. I mean, in the UK at the minute, it, there's this uh, there's this great debate about what what's right and what's not right in terms of getting a bowler fit for bowling. You know, England at the minute, Joffrey Archer, Mark Wood, Ollie Stone, Saki Mahmood, uh, Ollie Robinson's had injuries. You know, they all seem to be getting stress fractures. And, and the old school bowlers say, oh, they just need to bowl. You know, they don't bowl enough. They don't, the, the backsides aren't big enough. I think Fred Shroom is going to need a big backside. Um, what, what's, cause you're, a, you're a bowler that plays all three formats, very rarely injured, whether that's fortune or not. You play pretty much all the time. You're running bowling 85 plus all the time. What, what's the skill to that? And what's the, the kind of mentality required for that? Yeah, I've done a lot of interviews. I had a... Um stress fracture in my back when I was 20 and I've always said that I was so happy that ha- that, that happened to me basically um, just because of the learning that it gave me and the I suppose the, the respect and the understanding that's needed to um, A, get to the level of international cricket and B, stay there and um, you know I learned a lot about what what is needed and my mum actually gave me a, a, <laughs> a cut out of uh, Men's Health magazine which a, a shirtless Mitchell Johnson was on the front of it and I was fascinated with this guy that, you know, he had four stress fractures before 22, I reckon it was, and he just kept coming back. And I was like, why Why is he coming back? Like, you know, why does he want it so much? And he just loved the challenge of, A, the physicality, the the fitness, um, pushing himself into to new areas and, and, and then obviously getting that ball in his hand and, and standing up in moments when it, when it really counted for the lads and the team and the country. Um, and basically from there, I just got kind of obsessed with the running. Um, I do love the gym. I love doing stuff that's kind of adding to me as a, as a bowler and the ability to stay on the park and, um, you know, fly from India and play a test match a couple of hours later and all those kind of things. But um, uh, there's no golden rule, I think, or recipe for each bowler because every action is totally different. You, know, you look at Joffrey's action compared to Mark Woods compared to Timmy's or Waggies, whoever it is, there's there's so many different things that, that work for different players. It's just the, um, I suppose, the determination and trying uh, to, to find out what works for you. And you mentioned running. Um, give us an insight into your, your kind of training uh, methods of, of how much running you do. Um, I'm very lucky to have Chris Donaldson, who's been the trainer uh, ever since I started 11 years ago. He's a New Zealand sprinter, uh, Olympian, Commonwealth Games. And he, yeah, got me... Um, I suppose infected with the uh, the running drills, uh, a lot of fart like running, which is basically straight line stuff, but over a combination of distances. Um, Rugby is a big sport back in New Zealand, which they test through a thing called the Bronco, um, which is twenties, forties, sixties on repeat. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I think bowling is such a, a rhythm based kind of uh, timing exercise that when you can run and and just have that kind of natural athleticism, it's just going to really really help you when it comes to, to running up and hitting the crease and yeah I, I've changed over the years I've, I've enjoyed kind of the, the 1500 3k kind of stuff to, towards more sprinting stuff kind of a couple of times a week but yeah it's just forever changing with, with what the body needs 
but but presumably actually bowling is a is a key thing one of the things i was talking to somebody in the england setup recently he was suggesting that with the covid protocols it's meant that bowlers have had to go through these sort of multiple periods of inactivity and maybe they can run and do the gym but they can't actually bowl um and he thinks that that might be why lots of people are getting stress fractures at the moment do you think there's something in that yeah i think so um well, New Zealand's a small place as it is, and I can probably count the amount of indoor facilities we have on, on one hand. So there's not much bowling going on down there. So you've kind of got to, uh, I suppose, get that, that load and that that force through something else and be it lifting weights or running. Um, yeah, yeah, there is yeah, literally nothing like bowling. So um, generally when you get your issues is, is from kind of doing nothing and then running into a 30-over a week. But... Yeah, there's a lot of data that we know that if you do that, you, you do something kind of gives. But um, that, that's probably the positive with playing kind of all three formats. You don't really get a chance to cool down too much to, to create too big a hole. But yeah, I definitely feel I'm bowling better when I'm up and just running at the level I know I want to be here. Uh, and Balti, you mentioned three formats. How do you become a three-format bowler? Well, I was the one fat, uh, one format bowler. Um, I, I've always loved my test cricket. It's my favourite format. I've, I've said it many times. And um, yeah, 2015 World Cup, I had only played a handful of white ball games leading into that. And I remember thinking to myself that I'd be lucky to make the 15. And um, I got picked in the 15. And then I got a fifer against South Africa in a warm-up game. And, and Baz obviously liked what he saw. And, and from there, it just kind of really took off. But I never really had a focus of like, oh, this is what I want to do. Like, um, yeah, I just wanted to focus on the things that I knew I could control, and that was, you know, taking pride in my fitness, um, putting the ball where I wanted to be, be very accurate, and, and um, just be relentless, really. And um, I've been lucky enough that those those kind of goals and those things that have driven me have, have I suppose, unfolded to, to where I am now. I've, I've been included in so many formats. And you talked about. Um getting quickly from India over to England. What was the time difference between going from one to the other? And how do you uh, adjust between white ball and red ball that quickly? Um, yeah, it was very quick. 31st, wasn't it? I got in on 31st and played on the second. But um, I was I was wow. lucky it was the other way. I think going from T20 cricket into test cricket is a lot easier than kind of just bowling length and then having to bowl Yorkers wide, Yorkers slow ball bounces, etc. But yeah, it's a, it's a hard one to be in India for nine weeks and I always had in the back of my mind I had a, a three-match test series coming up and you're trying to bowl and trying to do everything you can. But, yeah, it's not a good look when you're pulling a juke out of your bag in the uh, Mumbai Nets. Uh, <laughs> oh, you, were, you, you had some jukes balls with you out there? Well, they were SGs because I couldn't get my hands on some jukes. Oh, but, um, yeah, that's a, that's a hard one. Like The, the T20 cricket, is, it's, a, it's a big load on you because the intensity is so high and you've got mm. probably three games a week and stuff, so... I knew the physicality side was there. It was just how much did I want to get on a plane and then rock up to Lords and bowl twenty-two overs in a day. And yeah, I wanted it. And just 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 going to the IPL. I mean, you you were uh, I guess uh, lucky to be a part of a, a great Rajasthan Royals campaign. Uh, and one of our own, Joss Butler, had a, an incredible time of it. If you were bowling to Joss, where, where are you bowling to him? <laughs> yeah, I had many uh, uh, breakfast with Joss, and he had a phenomenal tournament. And everyone knows the class of the guy, but. He just takes it to a new level at points in the innings where you thought, you know, how, what, what's going on here and what options have you got as a bowler? And obviously I'm happy to be on the, the side where I'm not having to bowl to him. But, yeah, um, I don't know. With a guy like that, with uh, his ability to, to, to hit all around the ground, um, 
I'd probably fall back on the the philosophy of making him hit the hardest shot possible. But yeah, he's which so which which is up. which is what for him? Yeah, I would have said scooping it over fine league's head, but that's probably his favourite. So you'd bring the <laughs> other ones up, and then he'd bang it straight down the ground. So. Um, yeah, I don't, I'll probably bounce the, the snot out of him, to be honest. <laughs> and just, so the IPL, it, you know, everyone sees it as this, an incredible spectacle, razzmatazz. Uh, you know, it brings a lot of money to, to so many people, players, administrators, obviously franchise owners. But how much has it improved your game, you know, over the years playing under that? Because people forget the amount of pressure that you guys are under as overseas players to go and produce magic. How has it improved your game? I th- the best thing about the IPL is the chance to, I suppose, create the friendships with new people and see the game played from a different kind of change room in a way. And you know, I've played for New Zealand for 10, 11 years and, and had that, I don't know what to call it, but that New Zealand way of playing, that New Zealand style and way of coaching, etc. cetera. Um, and then you get the chance to, A, open the bowling with Dale Stain, you're bowling with Boomer. Um, I've been coached by uh, Wazzy Macaram. I've had you know all sorts of people, and just those opportunities that you wouldn't think you'd get as a you know a one of 110 professional cricketers in New Zealand kind of thing. Um, it's definitely been the best part about it, and then you add into the uh, the passion and the culture of Indian cricket and what it means to everyone over there. It's uh, yeah, it's truly truly special, and uh, I'm so lucky. I've had seven years in the IPL, and it's it's been great every time. So yeah, hopefully a few more. You, you mentioned Baz McCullum uh, just then. What was it? What's it like turning up in uh, in the UK at Lords and seeing and seeing Baz decks out in England? Yeah, it's kit? a bit naughty. It's uh, <laughs> taking a bit to get used to seeing him at um, you know, top level at Nottingham last week with his yeah, Ray-Ban glasses on, and you can just imagine the the conversations he's having there in the change room. And um, if we opened the door, we probably could have heard them, to be honest. But yeah, just. He's got a great way of installing a lot of confidence in players and, um, you know, really backing them. And, uh, yeah, it worked tremendously for New Zealand cricket. Obviously a great leader with us. And, you know, he's moving into that, that next phase of his, his career. But, no, he's still the same guy. He's still got a lot of time for us. Let me borrow his, uh, yeah. his golf clubs last week. So I own a couple of Pro Bs, but I'm sure he'll be right. right. <laughs> um, there's been a lot of chat about how he's sort of freed up the England batsman. What was he like uh, playing for uh, uh, him as a captain, as a bowler? What what are the kind of conversations he's having with you at mid-on? And is it, is it the same sort of thing, you know, be yourself? Yeah, I think be yourself. Um, just like I touched on that, installing that confidence in you. Um, you know, a new batter comes to the crease, what's the option? What are we trying to do here? We know the first couple of balls are so important to this guy. Like, should we just hit the hit the wicket and bowl line and length? No, no, why don't we hit him on the foot or push him back straight away? Or just, you know, just an aggressive option. And he'd really back you to do that, back your skills to, to be able to um, go out there and express yourself. And also had the other ability to, to put you in your place if you, you know, were... Uh, not uh, giving what he thought you should be giving. So, um, yeah, great man. And he's moving forward to that coaching part of his career. And it's probably a little bit different than being at mid-off and mid-on and um, having that ability to be right there in the moment and the, in the game, etc. But, no, I'm sure he's got uh, some exciting tours and series ahead of him. So it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, so I'm just so England. Whether 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 it's right or wrong, um, every two four years we play Australia. Obviously, on the back of the winter, England got a good old pace in Australia here in 19. They they drew the Ashes for the first time since, oh, I think, 2001 in English conditions where they managed to grab the urn back to Australia. 
Having played against this England side and, and the style of cricket that they've produced under Baz McCullum, do you give them any kind of hope next year in the Ashes series in the UK? Yeah, I think in the UK, it's uh, conditions you guys are very familiar with and understand very nicely. Um, you probably gain a lot of confidence out of playing here in, in these series and um, you know testing the style of play that you're trying to operate, I guess. Um, it's exciting to hopefully see the bowlers that you do have on the sideline to be part of the mix and, and what flavour they offer to the attack that's already there. Um, you know, I look at Touring Australia, I've only done it a couple of times and we've been pumped every time, to be honest. It's a tough place to play. Um, we get caught up in trying to play how we play around the world, probably how we try to bowl in New Zealand. And uh, I think they they show you how it needs to be done there, really. Short spells, intensity, a spinner ties down and end very nicely. Um, and they score big runs. So it's a tough place to tour, but... Um, yeah, that'll be a big mark to, to see where you guys are at, I think, with mm. um, how you tour there in a few years' time. But, hey, it's exciting. It's, it's brilliant for, you, for um, Test cricket and, as a whole, and hopefully it gets a lot more eyes watching it and gets people already uh, barred up to watch the series. Uh, Balti, before before I ask you the, the, the last five series questions from Phil Tufnell, he does it either or that we'll end with. I'm going to put you, before that, uh, in charge of world cricket. What are you going to do for the world game to make sure that Test cricket is still there? You know, and then there's T20 and there's franchises. You're in charge of world cricket. What are you going to do? Uh, can I say more money? Or no, that's probably yeah, a bit. Yeah, you can say that. You can, you can say like the Live Golf Tour. There's a few quid in that one. Oh, yeah, geez, is that what you're after? Yeah. <laughs> When's Live Cricket starting up? Um, yeah, no, I think like I want to push this up with the ball, like as a bowler, um, just to get that that battle between bat and ball really flowing. Um, yeah, we love seeing the ball fly out of the ground and, um, you know, seeing big runs and stuff. But like I said, motivating that, that next tier of cricketers, juniors, to, to want to pick up a ball and, and be a swing bowler. Um, you know, I'm sure there's lots of kids out there that want to be Pat Cummings and um, Timmy, Jimmy Anderson, whoever the bowler is, but there's probably hundreds that want to be uh, Virat or thousands that want to be him. Um, but, <laughs> you know, Rudy... Kane, whoever it is. So, yeah, it's about inspiring the next generation. So how we can keep, you know, thinking how can we really force that is, is probably a good question that I'd love to hear answered. So you, you think there's a worry that the bowlers have just become cannon fodder to a certain extent? I agree. I agree. I think yeah. we might. Yeah, we're not far away from getting just a machine at the end. And um, one day, one day cricket, for instance, with the, um, the two new balls, I think, nah. and really good wickets. I don't know if you follow much ODI cricket in New Zealand, but generally they're rugby grounds with a drop-in wicket that doesn't turn and you get 312 and then the, the team chasing chases that in 47 overs and you think where did the last six hours go so yeah <laughs> I'd love to see it moving around turning yeah 250 plays 250 but also 420 plays 390 like that's yeah I'm happy for anything yeah I mean it's, it's ironic isn't it they're probably the, the best one day game that we've seen over the last few years is the World Cup final in 19 and what were the scores low scores Exactly, so yeah. dramatic because there was a little bit there for the bowl. There was just a little bit of movement. So I'm absolutely with you, Trent. Right, the serious stuff now. Uh, Phil Tufnell's either or, Balti. You can only choose one. There's five questions. Um, we start with Dukes or Cookerborough. Um, Dukes. Dukes. Super over or a bowl off? Um, a super over until someone blatantly wins. <laughs> so you don't you don't believe in boundary count? No count backs. Oh, if I believed in it, it'd still be around, which it isn't. <laughs> uh, golf or surfing? 
That's uh, impossible. I love my surfing, and um, I'm rubbish at golf, so I'm going to say surfing. Uh, ODIs or T20? T20s. Right, this is a bit quite a difficult one for you, I think. Wazzy Makram or Sir Richard Hadley? That's a naughty one. Um, <laughs> who's more active on social media? I'll say Wazim. <laughs> I'll say Wazim. Excellent to, to chat to Trent there. Superb bowler. That first stint, um, headingly in the second second uh, innings. Superb yeah, he's a, spit he's swing a, he's an absolute He's an absolute thoroughbred. You know, world-class, skillful, running for you all day. Uh, just a top performer. World-class. Yeah. I mean, we, we interviewed him between the second and third game. Yeah. And so he, he gave us an insight into fast bowling, uh, being a three-format bowler, running. You know, I, I like, yeah. you know, we, we talk about all these injured bowlers, what they yeah. need to do well. You know, it is a running art, isn't it, bowling? You have to run in, and then obviously the, the action. But um, I really liked his insight. I like the fact that he, he'd like one white yeah. ball. You know, I think that's a good move in the white ball game to go back to one white ball, get a bit reverse swing. Um, he wants to spit on the ball again, Phil. Yeah. I'm not happy that he can't spit on it. I think that's yeah. right. I think we need... Test cricket needs, you know, a, fa- a fair balance. And, and when you get a fair balance, when there's a bit of swing and a bit of seam, um, it, it's a better game to watch. So um, I'm with him. I think we need to le- just, just give the bowlers just a little bit. Let them spit on yeah. the ball. I mean, if there's anything we've seen in this last series, it's that batsmen are in the ascendancy. Um, so give give bowlers a chance. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be right, back. You want to see a fair yeah. balance, don't you? We'll be back. We'll be back. <laughs> He'll, I think he'll end up with over 500 Test match wickets. Yeah, I think he's that good. He'll break uh, Sir Richard Hadley's record. He's a, a tremendous bowler. Do we think India are going to pose a bigger challenge? I think England will hammer them. Really? I do. Yeah. I think they, they haven't would... played any cricket. They've played a game in Leicester. They're arriving to play against a juggernaut that's played three on the trot. You go back to the World Test Match Championship final when they played New Zealand. New Zealand had played two Test matches and got India in that final because India had not had enough preparation. I think this juggernaut of England will will hammer them this week. That's that's my prediction. Better bowling side, Ashwin for me. If They've got to play Ashwin. If it spins, I, I want to see a quality, world-class bowler, spin bowler, yeah. on, a, on a pitch that's wearing day three, day four, day five. Just starting to do a little bit. I want to see how then this team plays that. Phil, they're going to try and hit him over the holly stand. Well, well many have tried. Yes, yeah, but not in, not with this ultra aggression. I'd be amazed if England don't just just kind of just see them off because I just think they're going to be so hard to play against. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this I really part- do. I just think the mentality, everything about this England side for the three games, they'll take it to Friday. I, I think it's a, a very very difficult time for India to just arrive in England, play one sure. game in Leicester, and suddenly. And then the juggernaut hits them like, oops. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think they need to approach it like a white ball game then? Because obviously they've got the white ball series <laughs> afterwards. I mean, I mean, England well, are, aren't they? Well, what India will try and do is bat for a long period of time. And they could if the ball's not swinging around. And, you know, they won't be too worried about the spinner. Um, if the ball's not swinging, India potentially could bat a long period of time. But, you know, they've had no time in the yeah. middle. And it's very difficult to suddenly arrive and bat for seven or eight hours. Uh, when you haven't had that time in the middle. So I, I think it's a bit unfair. India are 2-1 up in the series and now they're playing a totally different England team, a totally yeah. different match. But it's like, well, you shouldn't have gone to the IPL last year, should you? <laughs> uh, one thing I wanted to ask you guys about, uh, cast your mind back to the first day and Henry Nichols, very bizarre 
oh, dismissal. Yeah. He was caught at mid-off. He smashed the ball straight, and it came off Daryl Mitchell's bat. He was batting at the other end. And he, he middled he it. Sort of middled, middled it. it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, flew up, and Stokes caught it. What is the weirdest dismissal you two have witnessed? Either well, either, either watching commentary or or having played. Well, I've had a, I've had a few sort of ricocheted off boots and backs of short legs and body parts of silly mid-offs and things like that and silly points and what have you. And also, um, Jack Leach had one caught by Sam Billings between the legs. Yes. Um, yeah, Alex, Alex Stewart Mid-drift. caught, Alex Stewart caught uh, Ian Healy off of me between his legs as well, which is uh, <laughs> a bit weird. But um, no, there has been a few like that, but that was, a, that was a spooky one. I mean, it was incredible. It just shows what kind of Nick Mitchell's in. He's even middling them when they're getting whacked back to him straight to mid-off. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say the funny I mean it wasn't a dismay I'll just go back to that World Cup final in 19 when Ben Stokes dived yeah. in and that throw hit his bat yeah. and went for four oh. I, uh, there's things that you see in cricket that just surprise us all the time that Henry Nichols uh, dismissal this week that's just I'm sorry it's just ridiculous yeah. it shouldn't happen and obviously if you, if you do the maths of, of, I don't know how you work it out the maths or the percentage chances of a ball coming from what 65 yards from the boundary yeah. to a full stretch Ben Stokes and it hits the middle of his <laughs> bat and goes for four some scientists please email in and let us know exactly what the percentage chances of that happening are I'll, yeah. I've got another. I've got another one for you. Middlesex versus I think it was Ham- well, it must have been Hampshire. Malcolm Marshall bowling, and uh, I didn't want to get. Oh, it was the last ball of the over. Of, uh, Angus Fraser, my mate, was out there. He was trying to trying to farm the strike, and uh, he's sort of like he's gone back and across to Malcolm Marshall. And Mike, do you know sometimes back in the day when the when the ball would just hit under the knee roll. And there was that there was that little spot that it sort of like it sometimes sort of went through the pad a little bit. Anyway, I've I've gone and it sort of hit him under the knee roll and sort of rolled out to mid wicket. I've gone yes, yes, and ran. Well, Angus took about six strides down the pitch and then fell over because he'd sort of like got a dead leg or a dead knee like that. So I've run past him and he's lying on the floor and he's about six foot eight, Angus. So I've run past him. I'm going, get up, Fraze, get up. And he thought he couldn't get up, so he was run out. He was run out and he was on his hands and knees trying to get to the other end. I I beg anyone to, um, if if you want to see a funny run out, if you uh, YouTube Samit Patel run out. Playing for knots. Right. Where he, he, he went to and he, he slipped on a fish. On a fish? <laughs> on a fish? Well, there wasn't a fish. Yeah, you know what I mean. He I'm slipped on. Right. It looked like he slipped on a fish. Just have a look if, you, if, if anyone wants a bit of humor. And the other bit of humor, if you want a bit of humor on Is YouTube, it? just put Phil, Phil Tufnell facing Shane Warne. And just have a look at the over from around the wicket. <laughs> I'd just like to. I'd just like to finish off that with not out, Mike. It was not out after that over. Thank you very much. Not out. Not out. Love it. Right. I think that's about all we have time for today. A big thank you to Mike Vaughan and Phil Tufnell as always. Special thanks to Trent Bolt for giving us some time during the series last week. Mike, Phil, and I will be back next week to unpack the one-off test between England and India. In the meantime, you can check out our previous interviews with new Managing Director of England Cricket, Rob Key, and batting coach Marcus Truscothic, along with others. Uh, They're all over on the Vaughney and Tuffers Cricket Club channel. Thanks for downloading this episode and your continued support. 
If you've enjoyed it, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. And please spread the word. That's it for now. Until next week. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.